What's going on, everybody? Third and Nerd. I am Kevin McGuire, and you may remember me from the Hyrule Huddle podcast, and uh, you know maybe we'll talk a little bit about that at some point in time. But I want to talk about it, the Avengers, and of course, if we're going to do that, we got to talk to the guy you all know, Josh Webb. Josh, how's it going today? Are you ready to talk some Avengers? Oh, man, I am. You know, it's been such a long time since we've talked that I feel like I want to say to you, man, uh, even though I've told... Uh, the internet that I think this is a stupid uh, practice, but I want to say to you, man, uh, congratulations on enduring, I don't know how many seasons of Philadelphia Eagles futility <laughs> um, to have this season seemingly go down the barrel when Carson Wentz got injured only for it to turn into one of the greatest sports stories of all time. Uh, and, and, and it resulted, obviously, as everybody knows, in a uh, Lombardi trophy. So let, let me share a quick anecdote about that real quick. Cause I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned it. It has been a while, but yeah, you remember last season, Carson Wentz gets injured in that game out in your neck of the woods against the Rams. Right, yeah. and then Nick Foles comes in for that fourth quarter and actually leads the Eagles back to a victory. I think that was a come from behind victory, if I recall correctly. But here in here in this area, it, it was, there was a lot of doom and gloom. I mean, there was a, there was an expectation that you know maybe the Eagles can still uh, win enough games to get a home field advantage for at least one week, and you know any, who knows what happens. It's all about the matchups. Obviously, we know how it all plays out. But you know, you now going into the the upcoming season, it's kind of interesting because now we've got this whole "what do you do if Nick Foles" thing. You know, Carson Wentz is likely to come back at some point. But let me tell you this: I watched the Super Bowl on a cruise ship. Okay, <laughs> we we went away on a little family vacation uh, with my my parents, my my sister and her husband, and and her in laws. It was it was pretty cool. But the day we boarded the ship was the day of the Super Bowl, and when Carson Wentz goes down. Nobody in my family is thinking, we're going to watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl on a cruise ship. But it, it was actually one of the craziest things that I can ever recall. I do wish that I was home for that experience and so maybe go to the parade. But, you know, I'll just have to wait for the next time. And who knows when that'll be. But, um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was quite a ride. Could be this year. It, it, it very well could be. But <laughs> let's not get too out of ourselves. It, repeating as a Super Bowl champion is not very common. So, um, no. But yeah, it, it it's going to be pretty fun to watch. And you know, obviously, right now this area in Philadelphia area, um, there's a lot of focus on the Sixers right now, uh, getting ready for Game Two of the the Boston Celtics as we record this. So uh, there's still some high optimism for them, even though they lost the the opening game in that playoff round. But yeah, I mean, the the temperature such of the a fun team to watch. They're just they fun. are fun. Yeah, and you know the the temperature of the Philadelphia uh, uh, sports scene is much different right now than it maybe was a year ago definitely two years ago because a lot of things have happened and you know we'll we'll see what happens we'll see what happens yeah i imagine that uh it you talk about the temperature i imagine it was you know freezing about two years ago and now it's a nice you know sunny southern california 78 degree weather you know like when we'll, did we'll this take happen? that kind of weather we'll take that kind of weather anytime we can um but yeah i mean it, you know it wasn't that far removed when none of the four teams uh even played a playoff we're game doing anything yeah, yeah. And, and now we're coming off a team that went on to win the super bowl sixers are in the second round flyers still have some work to do on the nhl side of things and obviously the phillies uh they're putting together 
a nice little core of young players that are you know, starting to get find their identity a little bit. So, yeah, things are changing. But I've, I always say this about every sports scene, really, you know, around the country. You know, things tend to go in cycles. So you're going to have your, your good waves. You're going to have your down times. You know, every every city, every region is probably going to go through that spell at some point. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts and we'll enjoy it as long as we get. kind of just lives there. Yeah. Um, right. But, you know, I, I, I got two things. One, I yeah. just want to comment real briefly on Doug Peterson, Peterson. Um, and then I want to ask you a quick question, sports-related, about the Sixers Celtics series. <clears throat> the thing that I want to say is when you watch that Super Bowl, man, I think the thing that impressed me the most was that Peterson in no way, shape, or form tried to handcuff Foles. No, he didn't. He's like, look, this is what got us here. Do what you did to get us here. I'm going to dial up some plays for you. You'll have some input, and we'll we'll do whatever it is that got us here. Because if we go down, we're going to go down on our own sword. Yeah. It's not going to be because the other team forced us into mistakes. It's because we couldn't win playing our game. Right, and I think uh, you know. Let's not be naive. And he's probably not calling the exact same place he would call if he had Carson Wentz. But I, I think um, you know, once he established a little bit of a comfort level having Nick Foles lead the offense the way he had to, uh, things definitely got better. Because the end of the regular season with Nick Foles was not pretty, and that's what kind of uh, fueled some of the uh, the negativity about the playoff outlook for the Eagles at that point going in. And their first playoff game wasn't exactly well-polished, but Nick Foles played all right. And then, of course, the, things just came alive in the uh, NFC Championship game against the Vikings. I mean, he could do no wrong. So at that point, you're just – at that point, that, that, that instills a whole lot of confidence when your quarterback turns in a performance like that in the NFC title game. And then, with you know, with a week to prepare for the Super Bowl, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of go with what's been working well for you. And they continue to do that, and they did not back down. No, and and I can't. Well, I think it was the first touchdown with the dude running. Just uh, I think it was just a nine. He just straight ran down the field. Wasn't it Alshon Jeffrey? It may have been. Yeah, caught the first pass. I know somebody will probably correct me, but yeah, I mean they weren't dialing up. If he throws, man, these were throws that that you know you had to have some balls to put out there and. You had to trust your receivers to go up and make a play, and they did, he did, and they did. So it was a good day for the Eagles. Um, it was, it was. It was a long time coming, but they finally yeah, got one. Exactly. Moving on from something, the damn NFL season's probably almost here. We're closer to the start I, of the I, NFL I think kickoff is coming up in about two hours, actually, Josh. <laughs> is this the first preseason game? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We're right, we're right there. Um, but I do want to ask you how you feel about the Sixers' chances in this series with the Celtics. Yeah, and again, as we're recording this, this is before Game 2 of their second-round series, so I don't know what's going to happen tonight. Uh, maybe they win, maybe they lose. But uh, I said from the offset that this was going to be a six-game series at the minimum, uh, potentially seven-game, because I feel like even though the Celtics have um, battled some injury issues, I still think uh, winning four games against Boston is going to be tough for the, the Sixers. Uh, but I, I do like their chances, and that a lot of that swings on winning a game in Boston, which they're obviously going to have to do at some point now. So I, I think uh, I, I think they'll be okay. I mean, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, those two. Every t- if they get those two and can keep those two on the court, 
they've got the advantage. <laughs> I think this is a very talented Sixers team that's coming right now. If you look at game one, there was a little bit of a layoff. Maybe that was an issue. Their shots just weren't dropping in game one. I, I think that's probably going to be the exception to the rule for the Sixers throughout the course of the series. Right. And then on the flip side, you know, the Celtics just couldn't miss a, a dang shot. <laughs> you know, they were hitting all the key shots that they needed. So, I mean, that's stuff that is going to bounce out over the course of a series. So I, I think the Sixers will be okay. Um, you know, I, st- I still think they're going to win. They're obviously series. not going to make every shot every time they exactly. hoist. And, it, and exactly. And, and it the was Sixers kind of, aren't going to likewise continue to struggle exactly. every time. Yeah, it's going to bounce out a little bit. Obviously, game two is huge. I don't I don't say it's a must win, but it's darn close to it because I don't think you want to come back to Philadelphia down. Yeah, side. my friend uh, Kristen Rogers, who is now there with Fox 29 in Philly, uh, tweeted earlier today that uh, teams who go down 0 and 2 lose the series 93% of the time. Yeah, and the Celtics have a a a, a very darn impressive history when they are up to nothing. I, I tend to look at those numbers with a little bit of a grain of salt because I don't think the right. numbers account from the 1960s and the 70s. Team that won with their helmets does not, you know, <laughs> <Exactly>. impact. <laughs> Exactly. Although, you know, there is something to be said about historical trends. I mean, they're, they're trends for a reason, but yeah, this is a different team. Um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, regardless of where the Sixers go, this playoff series and this playoff uh, season, the again, like I said just a few minutes ago, the future looks very bright for the Sixers. So, you know, if all the pieces fall in place this year and they can take advantage uh, and get into uh, a nice little run here. They're going to be they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with, at least in the East. <laughs> I don't know about the West yet, but I think that they can do some damage in the East. But they gotta they gotta come away from Game Two, I think, with a win if they want to really take that next step. Wouldn't it be amazing if LeBron at the end of this year just shocks everyone and is like, "I want to go play with them boys down in Philly." Uh, I, I'm not joking, Josh. A lot of people are talking about that. And you listen to the sports radio here. Uh, there are factions of fans that say, you know, can't wait to see LeBron join this team. And then there's also the other side. There are Sixers fans who don't want to see the Sixers go that route. They want to see them. Yeah, continue to I grow don't know how that would work. I mean, let's let's play this out for a minute before we move on to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron, you bring LeBron in, you're going to have to move someone aside, and. Ben Simmons would likely go from a leadership role. Well, not likely. He definitely would go from a leadership role to second banana instantly overnight. (laughs) And I'm curious, would second banana Ben be as good as first banana Ben? I think that's an excellent question. Although I would counter that by saying that if you ended up doing that, doesn't that make the Sixers a deeper team? <laughs> so I, I'm okay with that. Obviously, yeah, I don't... but they're likely going to play on the floor at the same time. Yeah. So it's not necessarily depth that you're gaining so much as a, a much better, you know, starting five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's fun to talk about it. And I think, um, yeah, I, I'd be curious. Here's the, here's where I fall on this. If you have the option of adding arguably the best player in the game today, uh, and that makes you that much closer to winning it all. What's what's to stop you? I mean, if you got to seize the moment in, pro- in professional sports, and you know sometimes you can get burned by that. I, I will I will I will testify to that after watching the Phillies do that a couple times after their World Series. Um, you know you can get burned by going for it all, but I mean 
that's the whole point of this game, right? You play the game to win, right? So, <laughs> I mean, if, if it's an option and if it's a realistic option, um, yeah, I say you got to at least make some calls and see what you can do to make it happen. Yeah, I absolutely agree. If you can get the best player in the game, you need to get the best player in the game. It's it's pointless to do anything else. Um, I don't know how he'd fit. I don't know where he'd fit. But if Philly can get their hands on LeBron, which well, look, people, I mean, you imagine feel- somebody tuning in halfway into this podcast, going like, "What the hell, Philly LeBron? Like, where <laughs> did I miss something?" <laughs> yeah, you missed a lot. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you fit the pieces around LeBron. You know, even mm-hmm. if you have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you find a way to make it work if you feel like that's going to be what's going to win you a championship. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, but moving on from Braun, because he could dominate an entire podcast, let us talk about some Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, I've been, first, wait, I've been waiting for this so much to talk this with you, because uh, you, you're my go-to guy. go non-spoilers. Yes. But, and I'm letting our listeners know, there will come a point where we tell you, turn off the podcast if you have not seen the movie turn it off and we'll be very clear about that yeah he will say it i will say it then he will say it again and <laughs> i will say it again you're, you're gonna be very clear about when to turn it off so. yeah we don't want anyone to get ruined here <laughs> no 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 I, I will say josh looking at the box office numbers i can't imagine there's a lot of people that haven't seen it but we should at least allow for that possibility those box office numbers are just maddening. It's it awesome. It really is. It's really it's fun because you know if if you're Disney, you got to be loving this because you go you go from Star Wars breaking box it office numbers to your Marvel film, highest grossing films of all time. It is it is crazy what this movie did in just one weekend. Um, completely outdoing the entire Justice League run, I believe, <laughs> and so and, uh, and you know Black Panther did that too in four days. So yeah, Marvel's doing pretty good right now. But uh, obviously, we got to talk about this Avengers movie. All right, so yeah, they're not hurting. They're no. not hurting at all, no. man. Like it's, it's insane. Good. It's insane to look at the numbers. And you're absolutely right on the um, on the uh, Justice League fact that that is true. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'll be very curious to see what the final haul of this movie is. By the way, for folks who were wondering, that tenth movie is Jurassic World. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good to be Chris Pratt too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, Chris Pratt is 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 not doing too shabby right now. He's doing all right. Um, so um, I'm gonna let you take over right here because you had a lot of questions, and I tend to be the guy that answers these to the best of my ability. So we're gonna switch roles here. Okay, let me just say a couple of questions. I'm gonna save for the spoiler part because I don't want to dig, dig into some of the things that I've I've already asked you in Twitter DMs and stuff like that. But I do have some things that will hold off for the spoiler thing. But I guess the first the first question is. Does it work? Does this movie work? I mean, is this what you have been waiting for for the last 10 years? And what's your reaction coming out of it? Absolutely what I was waiting for. Yeah. Every aspect of this movie is what I wanted, what I needed, and what I expected. I mean, I don't know if I could put that any more clearly. It's what I wanted, what I needed, and what I expected. 
It just was a tremendously done film. You can clearly see the Russos have a vision. Um, they, they know what they're doing with this. They know where they're going with this. And it's pretty obvious to the fans, too, if you're paying attention. You're like, oh, okay. I see this. That makes sense. So, <clears throat> in all, yeah, man, this, this film was tremendous. And I'm super glad that, uh, that, that it got made. I, I, I gotta tell you, man, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that 10 years went into the planning of this film. I mean, just think about that. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. So it's been a long time coming. We just had the 10 year anniversary of the first Iron Man, which I know you're a huge fan of Iron Man, but still. (laughs) Yeah. You know me and Iron Man are the best friends. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) So let me also, you know, kind of follow up on that. Yeah. I think from a, a film standpoint it does have the problem of trying to cram in a lot of content and you know with so many characters that they're trying to blend into the story you know i feel like there are going to be some some scenes where i'm kind of wanting more from one character but i understand that in order for this movie and this story to continue to keep the flow moving you know they kind of have to move on to a different character here a different character there and so i'm okay with that um so i think it's probably the one flaw i'd have and i think let me say this. You know, I saw this movie with my wife. Uh, you know, I have seen all of these Marvel movies at this point. My wife has not. She has seen Black Panther, Spider-Man, the last Thor movie, Doctor Strange, and the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So she doesn't have the same connection to some of the characters that are she pretty instrumental. She's caught on in phase two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, she doesn't have the same attachment to a character like Vision or Scarlet Witch. So uh, she's asking me questions later on. It's like, you know, who's that guy? Why why does she care about him or something like that? And, you know, so I think if you're going into this movie and you don't have that, you know, that background, you haven't invested the time in, you know, getting to know these characters over the course of multiple films, I, I can understand why you might be lost. But, I mean, this movie is basically for those people that have, you know, it, it's for a lot of people, but it's really uh, rewarding, I think, for the people that have, stuck together with this uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, from the beginning up until where we are right now. I think you get a lot more out of it that way. Absolutely. And I also think that, as as you mentioned, you brought it up, and it was a really great point. You have some characters that are getting some attention, and you might not understand everything that's going on. Let us not forget that this is merely part one of a two-part movie. Exactly. And some of the baffling questions that we may have will get answered in part two. Yeah. The the way that they had to do that was to break up these characters' stories into two different movies. So you see some characters getting attention in this. You know who didn't get attention in this film? Uh, and everybody said that... that, that, that it, he was going to die, actually. Uh, who was that? Cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, Captain America got virtually, you know, really <laughs> not much screen time in this film. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. If you're a Captain America fan, um, you definitely want some more. And that's actually one of the characters I wish had some more 
uh, to do in this movie. But again, right. like I said, you know, and like you said, you know, we knew going in that this was going to be kind of a two part episode. <laughs> so we know that uh, there's going to be some more to be told here. Uh, so some exactly. characters are going to get to get their opportunities. And that's why I said I'm OK with it, because I know that there's more yeah. to come. And I'm very curious to see what they do with it. And uh, we'll have a little bit more in, in the spoiler conversation on that aspect, too. But um, let me ask you this, you know, now you've had a few days to think about it. Where do you rank this movie compared to other Marvel movies to date? Well, I am a fan of Stan. I know you are. <laughs> it's going to be in my top five, but I don't know if I would have it number one, if that makes sense. It's uh, in my top it's in my top five. Yeah, I would feel the same way. I, I'm not going with it number one because I do think it has some of those flaws I, I mentioned earlier. And I, I do like some of the other movies a little bit better overall, but yeah, this is a... It's a lock in my top five. Again, I don't know what my order for would be, but it's definitely right up there. And I think a lot of it has to do with Thanos. I really do yeah. you know, feel like we have seen small glimpses of him in a couple films along the way, but this is the Thanos I story. The way he's written, the way that he's written adds so much gravitas to the character. Like, he doesn't speak in a manner that you'd be accustomed to hearing uh, in normal day-to-day conversation. You know, he's very, he's very poignant. He's very, uh, <laughs> he says what he means and he means what he says. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, when he's talking to Stark, and I, and I won't even mention the circumstance, but, you know, he's like, this day has exacted a heavy toll. And it's just like, who says that? Mm-hmm. And you you kind of get a glimpse of that in some of the trailers too. You do, you do, you, you get you definitely get a glimpse of that in Guardians of the Galaxy when mm-hmm. when he's like you know the only thing that what that part. Um, I I just I love it though. It's how he talks in the comics, and it was so important to me that that be translated into film, and it was. Well, I mean, you can probably attest to it, but uh, the the source material for the Infinity Gauntlet that's mostly following the the, the Thanos story, right? I mean, it's uh, yeah, throwing yeah, the other superheroes, but it's is, mostly Thanos. Yeah, this movie is so far and away from Infinity War, though, right. or mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet. Like this film is is more Infinity than Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. Um, Trying to think, any other general points of uh, topic of conversation before we dive into the fun stuff um let me see here i think i got one thing that i wanted to bring up go for it um were you at all oh no i guess that would be a spoiler (laughs) Let let me let me let me think of a different question um overall how do you feel the film sold Thanos as a badass, oh. like as a villain. Did, in other words, do you feel like in the ten years that it took them to get to this point that they delivered on Thanos's badassery? That you get the point that this dude is one bad mother effer. And not only do I think that they delivered on that, 
I don't think they wasted a second doing that because right from the very beginning of the movie, the the, the Marvel Studios logo hasn't finished coming off the screen, and already we have a dark, ominous sense for where this movie's going. And uh, you know, Thanos is there right in the beginning, and he's ready to do some damage. I don't want to give away the uh, the exact spoiler, so maybe we'll talk about a little bit more about it in the spoilers. But yes, I mean, this movie sold the fact that Thanos is the biggest baddie that we have seen yet and he is not joking around this guy is to be taken very seriously as a threat to even some of the strongest (laughs) characters that we have come to love uh over the years um there's no doubt about that i think i thought they did a really good job of that and it only it only continues to grow throughout the course of the movie i completely agree and with that I I think it's time to to bring the normal portion of this podcast to a close because I can't do it anymore. I yes. need to talk about this movie. I'm done. Um, so here we go. As we promised, if you have not seen Infinity War, in other words, if you have not gone to the movies and watched this film, turn the podcast off now now kevin okay i'm just giving everybody a couple seconds just in case and you know maybe they're thinking about spoiling the movie for themselves but i would highly advise against that i think you really will get a whole lot more out of this movie if you uh do not spoil this movie for you thanos demands your silence as i said right (laughs) so yeah this is uh your next warning if you have not watched the movie, now is the time to go away. We'll still be here for when you have watched the movie. You can pick up right where you left off. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some spoilers here, and this is going to get fun. Yeah, and and to repeat again, as Kevin said, you can always come back to this portion, and more than likely, we will have answered that lingering question that you have. So... Like he said, you're going to get so much more enjoyment out of this if you don't spoil it for yourself. I cannot stress this enough. Like, going and seeing the film and getting that enjoyment is just, it's worth it. It's worth it. You you waited this long, what's another couple of days, you know? Go see the film before you listen to the rest of this. But if you haven't seen it, turn off the podcast. We won't be mad at you for doing so because we want you to enjoy the movie as much as I think you and I did, Josh. Uh, so let's consider this the final ultimate warning that we are now going to dive into the spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. Are we safe to go now? I think we're safe. I think we're good. I think we're good. So let's start it. Let's start the conversation about the spoilers. All right, bud. Hit me with your questions because I know you got them. All right. Well... Once again, this is the spoiler yeah. zone. <laughs> uh, you see, I don't even know where I want to start because there are so many different things I could go on. I'm going to start with just a couple questions that I have uh, thrown your way on Twitter already in our own private conversation, just because I feel like they're at least worthy of bringing into the conversation. Fair enough. Um, so let's go. Let's go through, uh, chronologically. Um, the two I had in mind: Gamora. Okay. Uh, okay. G- Gamora. Uh, uh, obviously try to uh, take down Thanos to find out being with her family. Yes. You, you say Gamora is officially gone. And... She's gone. Okay, so she's not coming back. She is not coming back. Maybe I should, maybe I should preface this by saying, holy cow, they killed off everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and... They, didn't, they didn't, but they did. Right. Uh, I mean... with, 
You know what's funny about Gamora's death? Well, I don't know if it's funny. It's more ironic. What was Cap's famous line throughout that movie? Uh, throughout, oh, what, Infinity War? Yeah. I'm not sure now. What was it? <laughs> we don't trade lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That, and that was a good line, too. I what does Thanos do? He, he trades a life. Trades a life for the stone. Trades a life for the stone. And I think, um, and, and uh, you know, I saw some theories before, I, I guess we found out officially that Gamora is no longer coming back. Uh, the theory I had thrown out there was, uh, is Gamora trapped inside the soul stone? And you say, no. No. So we can scratch that off the list. Oh, I mean, for the purposes of this film and the foreseeable future, no, she's not. However, <clears throat> if down the line uh disney decides hey zoe saldana it's been three years you want to come back they could easily do that and and say oh she was trapped inside the soul stone because that's what happened with adam warlock yada yada, yada. it could be done and see that, that was that's what i was thinking because i've seen she's dead she is meant to be excuse me soda is really getting to me today <laughs> my wife uh, I was going through coke way too fast like coca-cola uh -huh. and so they're uh, at the food max across the street I don't know if you guys have those out there but at the food max across the street from our house or over by our house they have a 30 pack of RC cola okay uh, for four ninety nine. So she gets uh, a bunch of those, and when I'm cameling coke, I, I I have to switch. And RC is always like it's way more carbonated. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a weird soda. But but that's my tangent for the day on okay. RC. <laughs> but yeah, I they could if they wanted to do that down the line. But as I showed you in that quote, they're supposed to be dead. And, and Marvel Studios even said, like, it's better you get your head around it now so that you can move on in your grief. Like, but they're dead. Right. So here, here when I read that, I was thinking, all right, I, I can understand if, um, you know, going back and thinking about the movie now, if we saw one individual character die in a, one specific scene or something like that, I'm going to assume that they're not coming back. So rest in peace, Loki. <laughs> Uh, but anyone who disintegrated at the end, once once Thanos, uh, you, know, clip, you know, snaps his fingers, that, that's, what's that? Said so they are not dead. Yeah, that's that's and that's what I'm getting around to. I mean, we know that uh, we saw a lot of characters die, but we also know that there are other movies that are coming that are going to feature a lot of these characters because <laughs> that's already been put out there. So it's not, you know, it's kind of a spoiler, but not a spoiler. But, but um, it leaves you wondering what are they going to do? You know, where does this movie go from here? for the next Avengers movie. Uh, you know, how do how do we get back <laughs> Black Panther, Spider-Man, uh, anyone else who had passed away through the, the disintegration? If you think about it, look at the characters who disappeared. There are a lot of the characters that dominated screen time in the first movies. Mm -hmm. So they're now gone, and now you have characters that didn't have as much screen time. They're the ones that are left over. And they'll obviously be around for the introduction of Ant-Man and Wasp, who weren't in the film in any way, shape, or form. 
which they said when you go see Ant-Man and Wasp, it'll be explained. Mm-hmm. Um, nor was Hawkeye in the film, and I have a theory that Hawkeye is actually going to become Ronin, a bad guy, because his family disappeared. That'll be interesting. Do you think he'll be a bad guy in the next Avengers movie? Yes. Okay. Because uh, yeah, at one point he did become Ronan in the comics. He dresses very differently. Uh, it's a, a gold and black uniform, kind of looking like a ninja, uh, crossed with uh, maybe reptile or scorpion from <laughs> Mortal Kombat, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, they neither of them were in the film, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they work it going forward. But the people who were sh- snapped away, uh, they're not dead in any way. This happened in the comic. Uh, what happens in, in the comic is uh, they manage to trick Thanos into uh, becoming a celestial god, mm-hmm. which required him to leave his physical body. And once he did, Nebula picked up the gauntlet and undid everything he did, which included a lot of torture on her. So, and you know what? I actually thought that that was going to happen in this movie. I thought when they're when they're fighting, they they almost get the gauntlet off his hand when they have him uh, strained down before <laughs> before Peter Quill ruins the whole plan. It, huh? <laughs> What's that? A tease? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to get the gauntlet off. I thought Nebula was going to pick it up, and then something was going to happen there because she shows up at that scene. Um, I forget if that was before. She's already after, been tortured. Yeah, after she had been tortured, which uh, which I thought was, I don't know, I, I thought it was really cool to see. Um, you know, Thanos was torturing Nebula. I feel, it feels weird to say, but I, I like the way that it it was presented because when you first see Nebula mm-hmm. being hung up in the uh, in the air, it's straight on. But then you get the side view, and you see that she's completely stretched out. I was like, oh, my God, that's visually stunning. <laughs> it I thought, is. I thought that was incredible how they did that. And, and that was actually a really powerful scene with Gamora, too. So, yep. um, yeah. So. <laughs> I thought that scene and the scene with Loki uh, when Thanos is using the Power Stone on Thor's head. Yeah. Um, I thought that those two scenes were, were really well done. And you obviously get a sense of these characters who are like, I'm going to kill you at one point. Uh, no, don't kill him. You know, it's it's sort of it's sort of stunning to see the turnaround on those characters. You know what? Though? I, I mean, th- those scenes just go to show you just how badass Thanos is. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, in that opening scene, obviously, I didn't say in the non-spoiler part, but obviously, he's beating the crap out of the Hulk. So you get a real good sense of just how strong he is. He beat the Hulk's ass so bad that the Hulk didn't want to come back. The, out the Hulk's like, he, "I'm out. I'm out. You guys do yeah, this your own. I'm done." He, that the way he beat the Hulk's ass too was stunningly awesome. Yeah. I mean. It was almost like Thanos was an MMA fighter beating up some drunk idiot that was just, and, you know, flailing around. And, it was, and in um, that part, one of Thanos's, uh, you know, lackeys—I I don't know their names—you you obviously know their names—but um, I think the big strong guy he wants to get in on the fight, and then um, so, so tells him says, no, let him have his fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Thanos is—he's—he's you know, he's, going to enjoy this. So, yeah, I, I thought that was. That's why I really like the opening scene because you it doesn't waste any time letting you know that Thanos is one one guy you don't want to mess with. 
Yeah, he just kills Loki right out of the gate, kills mm-hmm. Heimdall right out of the gate, and you just get the sense of, all right, I should really fear this dude. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's just, and the way they part the ship, I love the way that they use the gauntlet in the film. Like, the way that Thanos uses the gauntlet to, to uh, enact the stone's power, like how he just closes his fist and, and it juts down real quick, sending yeah, out the first wave that destroys the ship. And then he does a, you know, kind of like a quick turn and the portal opens up and they're out before the ship gets destroyed with them on it. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me ask you. Yeah. Let me ask you about the gauntlet. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish that thought. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's awesome. I just love the way that even how he he enacted the uh, the time stone to, to get the thing off of Vision's head. Like, every single act with the gauntlet, I thought, was really well articulated. All right. So, so two questions. Uh, and you just mentioned the time stone. So let me go back to that one real quick. And this is another one we talked about before. But... Uh, do you feel as though Doctor Strange, after all those 14 million whatever possibilities he saw, he sees that the one possibility includes him having to give up that time stone in order to defeat yes. Thanos? Yeah, I, I think that that's probably pretty obvious at this point, right? It should be. He right. tells Stark, this is the end game. This mm-hmm. had to be done right before he disappears. Like, Strange knows what's up. Yeah, and earlier you had the interaction between Strange and Tony saying, you know, Strange is saying that he'll do whatever he has to do to protect the Time Stone. So if it comes between saving Tony or or Spider-Man or the Time Stone, he's going to choose the Time Stone. So this is, uh, you know, some would see this as he had a change of heart, but I, I don't think that's the case. I think that, you know, he's mm. thinking about the greater good, and the greater good involves having to give up the Time Stone on a temporary basis, I guess. Yeah. Because if he keeps it, then Thanos winds up with it on a permanent basis. So it is better to loan it to him unwillingly than to lose control of it completely. Because, you know, you you got too egotistical about it, which is what, you know, the whole idea of Strange was supposed to be shedding that personality quirk in uh at commertage so <clears throat> i absolutely agree with you it's set up for it to end that way it it's said numerous times that this is how it has to be so i, I don't think anybody should be surprised that if if strange gets the time stone back somehow like it's like i told you guys you know mm-hmm. um on on titan did you think? Okay. Did you think that uh, Thanos had killed Iron Man for good before Doctor Strange intervenes to spare his life? Um, I don't know if I believed it, but I was cheering. I was gonna say you were probably cheering for that, right? Because <laughs> yeah, I was the only dude in the theater standing up and going, "Yes!" <laughs> you see, I, I was actually surprised. I, I thought um, of all the. The, the core Avengers that were part of the original Avengers in this film series. Uh, I thought if anyone was going to go, I actually thought Iron Man was going to go instead of Captain America, like a lot of people. So I, and when I saw that scene, I was like, Oh my God, they actually did it. And then Dr. Strange said, no, wait, spare his life. I'll give you the time stone, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden Iron Man saved. <laughs> uh, so I was, that was kind of a, an interesting twist. Uh, I thought, um, you know, kind of toy. The, the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. 
quote, kill a core Avenger, end quote, and then they bring the core Avenger back to life. You know, they're like, ah, 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 you still got one more movie to go. They did. They they did kill off Vision though, and I thought I thought that scene with the the where you know oh, so good th- that was really good, and I thought that was really good for Scarlet Witch because she has to deal with having to take on the responsibility. Help! How like how unlucky is that woman? Like her brother dies in the last movie. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh man, I forgot about Quicksilver. Rest in peace, Quicksilver. <laughs> A movie before and then the dude she's dating gets off two movies later like she can't win for losing and, she, and he dies within like twice in what a minute <laughs> she, twice. she has to kill him only for her to get knocked out so she doesn't realize that Thanos puts the time gem on and then rips it out of his head she'll find that out but yeah she had to kill him to save him only for him to get killed anyway. And the way that Thanos ripped out that stone was so amazing. It was a great callback to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy when Batista ripped out um, what's-his-name's head? Um, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's a good point there. Um, also, Scarlet Witch, she has to on one hand she's trying to take care of what she has to do with Vision and on the other hand, she's fighting off Thanos at the same time Yeah, she's pretty damn amazing that, in That's that like, the, that's like That was, I, I think, a defining moment for that character who uh, I have really come to enjoy in these movies I, I thought, I think her character the, the development over the, the, what, three films that she's been in now um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's been really well done at this point, and I think uh, you know they hit a high point. I think with her character, uh, right with that scene right there, I thought that was incredible. And I thought it was interesting too, going back to Thanos and this whole you know this dude's intelligent. They invaded Wakanda, which it was held off, and then they bring out those things that come up under the ground, uh, bypassing Wakanda's, you know, barrier technology. Mm-hmm. And so Scarlet Witch has to leave where she's at to come and destroy those things. And it's at that time that Proxima says, all right, she's, she's left. She's now on the battlefield. Like it's your turn. Go like they planned for this. Like, they planned for this. How? How did they do that? <laughs> I, I mean, and oh, man, I can't. It was Korath was the name of uh, of Jimon Hansu's character in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Korath. Okay. Uh, yeah, but Scarlet Witch, man, she has just had some serious bad luck. Like, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near her. And I'm partially wondering... Because Disney is hoping, uh, like most fans, that their merger with 20, uh, 21st Century Fox <clears throat> will be done in 2019, which, when done, brings back the a massive amount of characters to uh, the Marvel stable. Mm-hmm. And I'm partially wondering if they're having her go through a lot of this or at least in this one 
having her go through these hard times as a potential buildup to House of M in in the MCU if they if they create a House of M series where she's like no more mutants and kills off the Earth's population of mutants. Um I, I can't help but wonder if that's a possible route that they're going with her. Um we'll see. I mean it, it there's still a lot that has to get done, but I don't know. I feel like she's going through an un, unreasonable amount of strife for one character. Yeah, I mean it's been a it's been an emotional roller coaster for her to say the least. Um, whew, boy, <laughs> I'm trying to think where do I want to go next with this one. I got a question for you. Yeah, shoot. Okay, so in Avengers Four, we know we know it's time for some of these people to bite the bucket. Right. Now that you've seen the magnitude at which Marvel will kill people off, make your guesses for four. Oh, man. Um, I I feel like it's uh, almost uh, an easy answer to say Captain America or Iron Man. Um, You know, it very well could be both. I don't know. But I'm going to say of the if I had to pick just one of those two, I'm going to go with Captain America. Um. Not sure if I'm 100% confident in that one, but I feel like if, if I'm just choosing between those two, I'm going to say one of those two is gone. Um, and then I would I would guess somebody else probably bites the dust too. Maybe the Hulk? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't given it too much thought just yet because I still I'm still trying to 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 figure out where this where this franchise is going to be going. But you know, where, how are you feeling about it? Um. Well, Chris Evans came out and said that he may be interested in coming back. This was after he said he was done, done, done. So I don't know what to believe with Evans anymore, which leads me to believe that they're not going to kill him so much as retire him. Okay, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> Could I go back and change my answer? Because I, I feel like... Okay, when you say bite the dust, I figure okay, who are they going to kill off? But I, I do feel like there is going to be some finality here, um, where we're going to see some characters either die or you know, retire from the whole superhero biz, which leaves the door slightly open for maybe a cameo appearance in a future movie, um, right. even if it's real brief, because you know obviously that, they're going like to love doing that stuff. When he was changing in mm-hmm. uh, Dark World. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that possibility is always going to be out there. So I, I don't think we will really see the, the these characters for the last time, but last time in in a role uh, that actually is being uh, focused for the, the story of any movie, I think uh, I think Captain America is probably one of the most likely ones. I think Iron Man is probably going to be another one too. Although I'd be very curious to see what they do with the whole Spider Man Iron Man relationship moving forward. If they, I, I don't know if they're going to have to rely on it as much after Spider Man Homecoming, but. It, you know, even this movie kind of showed the kind of the, uh, yeah, the special relationship was, between those two characters. So, I mean, it's something that they could always come still, back to. Oh, he was still big brothering him. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's why when you know when you see all these superheroes are disintegrating, I think I, I forget if it was the last one you see or not. But you know, Peter Parker saying, "I'm not ready to die yet" or whatever. Um, Fun story. Yeah. Did you know that that was not in the script? No, I did not. 
Peter Park, Tom Holland ad libbed that, and they thought it was so damn good that they ah. kept it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Even right. they made the right call. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did because uh, it works so well. It works so well. I thought. Um, I think it fits for the age for everything. You're like, I don't want to go yet. Like, I can only imagine being 16, 17, being a superhero, but then finding out that even though you've got powers and have fought some pretty powerful dudes, mm -hmm. you didn't realize that there was a glove out there that can make someone God. You know, right? <laughs> you just, not things that you think of when, as he says, when you're trying to be the neighborhood-friendly Spider-Man. I, I love the scenes with Spider-Man in this movie, too. I, mean, I like when he first shows up <laughs> to kind of uh, save Iron Man from uh, some harm that was coming his way. And, and his, uh, his quips back and forth with Ant-Man, I thought were great. Ant-Man? Not Ant-Man. <laughs> I didn't mean Ant-Man. I mean uh, Peter. Peter Quill, Star-Lord. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why yeah. I said Ant-Man. Uh, but, but I thought you know when they first when they when those characters first meet and they're fighting each other at first and you know Peter's got the Spider-Man in a headlock and they're they're exchanging lines and then uh, I they're... absolutely love that. Where is Gamora? I'll do <laughs> better. Who is Gamora? Yeah. I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? Like... <laughs> that was that was good. Uh, you know, I, I I thought that uh, you know, some of Drax's lines over the last couple of movies that we've seen him in, I haven't really been a huge fan of it, but I thought that that one was really cool. And um, the the part where uh, Peter says something about Footloose being the best movie of all time, and off screen you hear Peter, uh, uh, Peter Parker say, "It never was." <laughs> I just thought it was great. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was absolutely brilliant. Footloose is the greatest movie of all time. What? It never was. <laughs> And, and you know, Spider-Man knows his old movies because we get another reference where he said, hey, you remember that old movie? I think it was Aliens. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and, and know, that's, that, that's going to be his that's thing, isn't it? <laughs> and how cool was that that that's how they got rid of the Maw? That, that was pretty neat. That was pretty neat. I like that. Wait, really? This is what you're doing now? The kids just seen more movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was good. I mean, it leaves me wondering what's going to be the next retro movie uh, reference that a young Spider-Man drops on his older partners in crime fighting. <laughs> I, we'll find out. I hope it's. I hope it's a good one. What I think is interesting, though, is now we're headed for the quantum realm. Yeah, let's talk about where we're going now because uh, we obviously we know what films are coming up. Um, you mentioned earlier Ant-Man and the Wasp. They just dropped a new trailer for that. We're going to get that later this summer. Uh, I believe that timeline-wise, that's going to fall before the events of Infinity War, but I'm sure there's yes. going to be something that ties uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp into the future film for the Avengers. Uh, we get we got a tease for Captain Marvel, which is coming out uh, next March. We did. We got a tease. When was that? Oh, at the, the end the of post the post-credit scene. Derp, post -credit. Derp. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I, I They dropped the Ant-Man and wasp trailer yesterday so in my mind i was thinking maybe they dropped a, a teaser trailer for captain oh, no. marvel yeah i didn't i didn't mean that i meant in the uh, the first <laughs> uh so we get that next march um and uh and then after that a couple months later we're gonna get the conclusion to this avengers thing so you mentioned it quantum realm uh we know that ant-man is experiencing that so take us through where you think we're heading now between now and the next avengers movie josh well, we're going into the quantum realm, and I think that that's because they're going to try and save Janet. 
um, Hope's mother. Okay. Um, while battling this, well, it's a woman now. It was supposed to be or in the comics. It's a dude. I rather enjoy the fact that they've made uh, uh, him or her for this. Um, I think it's going to be rather fun to see that play out. But you're talking ghost, about the the ghost character. Yes, ghost. Um, who is a rather fun superhero. Yeah, you heard me right. Ghost is a rather fun superhero. Um, but yeah, he starts out as a villain. I keep saying he, she starts out. I don't know what she does, actually. So let me go back to he, since I can speak from authority on he. Um, but uh, yeah, he he is a bad guy and also a good guy. Um but what the ghost can do is, is you know, phase through walls, all sorts of things, make himself in, uh, impossible. Because sort of like Vision's um, phasing deal. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to that. Um, so, yeah, the ghost character is going to be really fun to see. And the Quantum Realm <clears throat> is, uh, you kind of got a... a a brief shot of it in Ant-Man one when Scott went there to, uh, save Cassie. Right. And, um, that's where I believe Janet Van Dyne will be in the quantum realm also. And I'm no expert on how it transitions into this, but the quantum realm also provides the ability to time travel. Ah, okay. And Captain Marvel also is very experienced in the quantum realm. So who knows? Because they have to have an explanation for why these two characters weren't there. Right. And shouldn't we have an explanation for why um, why Captain Marvel was never called into action in any previous film? <laughs> if there were such serious threats? Or is this just not severe enough? In the, he, he always felt like the, the Avengers were right, able to handle Right, because if she runs sword like she does in the comics, then stopping the Chitari should have been on the top of her list. <laughs> um, I don't know how they're going to explain it. I think that the characters will have been in the quantum realm. That's the easiest explanation because you lose all sense of time in the quantum realm. Um, and and uh, I, I just think it provides the cheesy... Um, the cheesy uh, uh, get-out-of-jail-free card that y- you're looking for with, uh, with these characters and why they weren't there during Avengers or during Age of Ultron or Civil War or uh, Infinity War 1 because you do have to have that explanation. Like, it's kind of a big one, you know? Right. <laughs> But I'm, they, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll address it. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they've always addressed these things, so I'm not worried over that. They've done a good job about addressing them. But uh, what do you think is going to happen in 4? Because I pretty much predicted this to the T, if you read my predictions. Like, I said that I thought Tony would be stranded on Titan. Nailed it. Um... 
I mean, I pretty much got 95% of my predictions right. <laughs> the one I got wrong was I swore Vision wasn't going to die. Because my thing was, when do they ever show you the character that's going to die in the trailer? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. they already showed Vision, Corvus Glaive coming after his stone with his scepter, and it's like, why would they then kill him at another... I don't know. I, I, I got it wrong, is the point. Miserably wrong. <laughs> a lot of other things right. So I'm curious to see where you think Avengers 4 is headed. Thanos has the gauntlet. What happens? Well, first of all, I want to know how Tony's going to get off of Titan. <laughs> because I, I, we know the characters that we know for a fact are still alive and well in this uh, post-Thanos world are basically the original Avengers, right? So, uh, as far as this, uh, the movies are concerned, um, you know, Captain America, Black Widow, um, Hulk, Thor, yep. Iron Man, although he's on a different planet right now. Who who was left with Iron Man on Titan? Right there, he wasn't alone, right? Mantis, uh, Mantis, Mantis. and um, Nebula too. Or did she disintegrate? I don't remember. I don't know where Nebula was. Um, that's a good question. Well, somehow he's going to have to get back to Earth, I think, because yeah. I, I think this is going to be, you know, we still have to see Captain America and Iron Man get back together, right? So uh, that, that's got to be a key aspect that's probably tackled early on. I don't think you can just jump right into the movie and assume that, oh, yeah, everything's been worked out now. I think something has to bring those two together, and I think we deserve to see that. So uh, I think that's going to be probably your first uh, part of the movie <laughs> when it comes out. And then they got to, you know, obviously they'll, be quick, I think, to put their aside their differences <laughs> that we have seen and try to come up with a resolution. I think Tony uh, at some point is going to realize what Doctor Strange was saying to him and saying that you know, giving up the time stone was the only path. Uh, so he knows that there was a possibility and they, he has to figure out that they know that they're on that path somehow. They just got to figure out where that path is going and what they need to do to follow it. So uh, somehow you got to get those guys back together, uh, get the team back together, if you will, and... Honestly, I don't know where you go from there because um, there's still Fun some... Fun fact on, on who survived because this wasn't addressed, but I know a bunch of people were wondering uh, because Thanos did tank the that Asgardian ship. Mm -hmm. Valkyrie is alive. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, we know she was not in the movie at all. Nope. And after a, a great debut in Thor Ragnarok, I was a little surprised that we didn't see her at all. So... Um, what about Korg? Is Korg still around? They would not address that. Would not address that. Oh man, I kind of hope yep. he is because I like him. But um, that that could actually be uh, a key to maybe getting him back to uh, getting Iron Man back to Earth to reunite with Thor. Maybe I don't know. So that that's that's good. So I mean, there there's still some things that we don't know, and I'm sure there's still some things we'll learn in Ant Man and the Wasp, and then later in Captain Marvel. So maybe we can put a few more pieces together, but. You know, I, really, the only thing I can say right now is we have to see Tony and Iron Man, uh, Tony and uh, Captain America get back together and uh, figure out what they're going to do next. And honestly, I don't know what they're going to do next. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, but I do think that they will end the, the day triumphant as a team and um, you know, take down Thanos. My question for you, I wanted to get back to with the, uh, the gauntlet. You we're talking about um, how they used it in, when he's using the gauntlet in action and how they put that into the movie. I thought that was really cool. When Here's he... the list. Hold on one sec. Yeah. Here's the list of survivors. Okay, go for it. Uh, Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, Thor, uh, Black Widow, Hulk, 
War Machine, Rocket and Nebula, um, Okoye and M'Baku. Okay. Uh, we don't know about Shuri. We don't know about Pepper Potts. We don't know about Hawkeye, Ant-Man, The Collector. Um, I'm assuming The Collector's dead. I think Tanner's probably took him out along the way to getting the Power Stone. But it, that's... That uh, you mean the reality? Yeah, whichever, reality whichever, stone stone. He took, whichever stone he took from him. I, I, I'm i going to assume he took the Collector out, but th- you're right. That hasn't been confirmed, I guess. So that's fair. So those are our survivors. Okay. Um, and we also don't know about uh, Shuri. So um, what was the question you were going to ask, though? My okay. bad. Yeah, so... Thanos snaps his fingers. Half of mm-hmm. uh, half of life uh, disappears. Do you remember the image of the gauntlet right after that when Thor's asking, "What did you do? What did you do?" It kind of right. looks like the uh, the gauntlet was kind of uh, disheveled a little bit. Yeah, it was. It that? was maimed to yeah. say the least. Is there something to that? Is there anything that we can build off of that? Is like, does that make the gauntlet weaker? I don't know. I mean, that's a really, really good question. Uh, one would think that it would reduce its capabilities somewhat, but with the gauntlet able to do anything with because he has the stones, mm-hmm. he can repair it at will. That's true. I, I was wondering. Uh, is it I, like- I was pretty sure he did because wasn't the gauntlet fine when he went out to watch the sunrise? I didn't look closely enough. I should have. <laughs> so I don't know. So that, that there is kind of where, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to go back and watch it for a third time and pay attention to that. But yeah, I mean, Thanos can easily get around the disheveled gauntlet, but if they decide to make it a plot point, that'll be very interesting because, that then brings Peter Dinklage, which is another prediction I absolutely smashed. Um, everyone said he was going to be voicing one of the Black Order, and I was like, no, he's going to be playing a dwarf. By the way, I love that character. I thought that was so... Yeah. I thought that was pretty Etchery. cool. I thought, I... It, I thought it was great that he was beating ass until, you know, Thor was like, dude, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Stop hurting me. Um. Yeah, I love Etri, and I if if the gauntlet is damaged, that would mean more of him because he had to create the gauntlet for Thanos, and I imagine that that would require him to have to go back to Etri to to get not just a new gauntlet, but you know uh, maybe repairs to a gauntlet with the stones in it. I don't know. I'm sure Marvel can make it all fun, but. See, I, I hope the thing is damaged because Thor and his new battle axe are awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was wondering if uh, you know you you use up all the energy in the Infinity Gauntlet and then you have to wait like ten minutes, like you do with the Master Sword in uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it restores it and regenerates itself over time. But uh, yeah, I, I think that'd be pretty uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, moving forward, you know, like you said, maybe it becomes a plot device. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I just uh, there's something that struck out to me. I kind of hope it does. Now that we've talked about it, because I, now I want to see more Dinklage. Hey, I, I, I'd be down for that. <laughs> I, I, I'd be down for that. More Dinklage. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
what now do you think Thanos does? Where does he go from here? What's what's his next? He 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 wanted to see life disappear, so he got his wish. But does he try and rule over Earth, or does he take off? Like, well, I don't think he's going to be one to let his guard down, because he knows that there are still some uh, pretty strong opponents out there. So I think. Uh, you know, while he may be chilling on his little farm in the Prairie Land, uh, I don't think he's going to be one that just uh, assume that everything is done and done. Uh, so I, I feel like he's got to make a, a power move right now, right? Because he's a he's a power hungry guy. Uh, you just wiped out half of life as we know it. So why not see what you can take advantage of, right? Right, but it's curious to me because he goes and does this throughout the galaxy, but it's not like he sticks around. And then governs them. He did it on one planet, um, you know, Nebula and Gamora's. But he, I, I don't, I'm reasonably sure that they said he, you know, attacks and then leaves. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious as how he's going to handle this. You know, now that you've wiped out half the population of Earth and beaten all of their best heroes like what whatever they threw at you you pretty much got rid of it and now you know that thor is there with a weapon that can hurt you and you've also told him what to do next yeah (laughs) aim for the head right right so you've given an immensely powerful foe uh, directions on how to kill you. I just don't know if you go back and say, I'm right here, dude. Let's do this again. Well, what he's got to do now is uh, find a helmet that's going to be strong enough to hold off of Thor's attack to the head because he just gave him the weakness and now he's got to be able to to combat that somehow. So, yeah, I, it's going to be it's going to be really fun to watch, Josh. That's all I know. It's going to be really fun to watch. As they all have. It's going to be, when it comes out, I'll be like, dude, this is in my top five. Like, my top five is going to be ever-rotating and always changing, because I can already tell you right now, Captain of Marvel is going to be in my top five. Like, I am 100% certain that film is going to be on point. It It has been done by a female who understands the character, understands the vision, understands what's important to women. And I feel like we're going to get a film similar to uh, Black Panther in the respect of we're going to be paying tribute and homage to the women of this industry, those who've not only paved the way, but you, the, the the readers, the viewers, who half of you are likely female because females love comics too. So I think we're going to get something like that, and I'm here for it, man. I'm totally here for it. Well, it sounds I like it, it sounds like long. uh Captain Marvel is going to bring a lot uh culturally to the Marvel universe what Wonder Woman did for DC. Precisely, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's important, and and I can't wait to see it done, and when it is done, I'm going to be sitting there going, yeah, that's one of my new favorite films, <laughs> and then I'll be pissed off because I have to wait three more months to buy it on Blu-ray, <laughs> oh, and, then I have to, and then I have to order 
another version from England or Australia every time. I I I love 3D and they no longer release 3D movies here in America, which I don't understand why. That's interesting. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, well, Marvel doesn't, but, oh, okay. they, but they do overseas. And so what I usually do is I pre-order the Steelbook from Best Buy, <clears throat> and then I order a version with uh, uh, a seller overseas. And I go to the same guy every time so he knows who we are. And uh, I get my 3D film from him. Hey, you do what you got to do. Yeah, it's usually about 30 bucks. But but the thing is, is I didn't spend $2,100 on a 3D TV to not watch 3D movies. And these Marvel, like Infinity War was stunning in 3D. Stunning. And now they're telling me I'm not going to get it. Uh Uh-uh, I will go to England to get that. (laughs) You will not deny me, Marvel. You you tell him, Josh. You tell him. Okay. So my my last question for you is this. Knowing that the original Avengers are left, they don't have Fury, they don't have Maria Hill, they really don't have anything... What do they do? What do they do? They gotta go back to square one, and I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing because they they don't have anybody they can really rely on. They have very few people that they can probably trust, especially the 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 majority of the Avengers that are still here. Uh, that I guess are still technically fugitives of the law, right? <laughs> They're supposed to be court martialed or whatever. So. Um, didn't didn't homeboy say to uh, Rhodey arrest him, and then he just yeah. moved that guy out of the way and was exactly. like, "Well, that's a court martial." I, I kind of like but that too. So. I wonder if homeboy fe- still feels the same way. You know, it, it sure seems as uh, War Machine has eased up a little bit since uh, their last battle. I think um, I think the the, the impact of the greater told the, him to arrest him. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the. The, the fact that he got injured, <laughs> I think, because of the battle that they had in Civil War, and obviously the impact of the greater threat to humanity, probably puts a lot of those uh, emotions to the side if there are any. Uh, I think it's really easy to get on board with everybody else if you're on the, to be on the same team when half of the humanity has been wiped from existence. So I feel like it's going to be pretty easy to get everybody back together. Well, yeah, no, I I know Vision will. What I'm talking about here is the dude. That told the uh, not Vision uh, uh, War Machine, the dude that told War Machine arrest them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I wonder. I wonder if after Thanos's invasion, he still feels the same way. Well, or maybe they just uh, avoid that in conversation entirely, and he's been disintegrated into existence. They don't, then they don't even have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, you, when when you get the gauntlet, you're like, all right, bring everybody back. And then you hear somebody say, well, wait, wait one second here. Like, and I'm just saying, let me just put this out there. What if we don't bring back so-and-so? <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, guys. I'm just putting it out there. Just testing the water. 
Yeah, and, you know, just seeing how it goes over, like, I would love to see that in action. Like, that that would be amusing to me. But, dude, I, I honestly think <clears throat> this film, for being something that I waited 10 years for, it delivered. And I know that it's got, you know, lower ratings on uh, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes than... Uh, than than some of the more recent films like uh, uh, Black Panther and whatnot, but uh, I I honestly feel like this film was just what I was looking for, and I, you know there are people who are genuinely upset that Thanos won and that's how the film ended, and I'm like. Why are you upset by that? Like, even in my prediction, I said this this thing is going to end with the Avengers trashed and scattered on on a di- on some on different worlds, planets. Even you know, like this is <clears throat> this is this is Thanos' party right now, and and people thought after all of it, that it would appear like he'd win, but then they'd get the gauntlet off and that would be that. And it's like, no. You still have one more movie. Josh, it's kind of like that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back, where the the bad guys have the upper hand. (laughs) And and (laughs) that's how the movie ends. But it sets yourself up for what's to come. And I think that's, you know, this is as, you know, close to an empire strikes back ending that the mcu has seen so far and like you said we know we're getting another movie so <laughs> anything that happened in this movie it's not the end of the uh, of where we're going here so there's still a whole lot more that can happen and will happen so yeah i think for this movie in the story that it was telling i thought it ended in a fitting way i really did uh and i felt like it was handled pretty well and you know, th- you know, if you want to break it down as a film on, on a standalone basis, I, like I said earlier, there are some flaws, I think, from a crit- critical standpoint. But from a fan standpoint, it delivered. What would be your flaws on a critical standpoint? I'm curious. Well, Not just be- saying I disagree. I'm uh, curious. Ju- just the fact that you have to, you're you're cramming in so many characters, and okay. and just because you have to go back and forth, it, it kind of There's so many characters, even Marvel couldn't fit them all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And again, I loved it. I, I have no real problem with it as a fan and someone who's been watching these stories. But I think if you're just judging it on you know just you as an individual film, it, it, it's something that maybe could have been handled a little bit differently. But I think if you end up doing that. You're, you're making a three-and-a-half-hour movie, which I know you and I, we're probably fine with that, but I think you start to lose something in the flow of the movie uh, the more you try to do it. But that's why I say, going back to what I said earlier, uh, that's why I'm okay not seeing quite as much of Captain America and Black Panther in this movie. Uh, and I know we just had a Black Panther movie, so I, mean, you know, I still want more of right. him right now. And uh, obviously that's not the case, but I, I do feel like you know, they're, they're just, you know, if you're really nitpicking, that's what you're probably talking about. But you know, again, it's something that as a fan... Uh, I'm not as concerned about it. Is that it? Did you did you only have that one? Yeah, for me, I did. I mean, like I said, I really liked it, but I can understand, 
you know, you know like I said earlier, it's not going to be my number one Marvel movie. I don't even know if it's number two, but it's definitely a top five movie. I just think, uh, you know, if you really got to nitpick at it, and I think that's the one issue I would have with it. But if that's the one issue I have with it, it's a pretty darn good movie, I think. Yeah, same here. I um, I think there are some areas in the film that um, they didn't quite get right. I think tonally it um, it fails in certain areas, but that's okay. <clears throat> it's going to happen, and it does happen in most of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've had a conversation with this with my buddy Nathan Deal, who actually even mentioned this in my uh, his DMs to me. Um, he liked the film, but like you, he was just offering up criticisms. You know, hey, I liked it, but here are the things that I noticed, yada, yada, yada. And, and I think that, you know, Infinity War suffers from a lot of the same. Let me read what Nathan said real quick. Um, <clears throat> he said... Uh, Okay. Um, He said that he really enjoyed uh, he really enjoyed the movie. Um, It just it had areas uh, Infinity War had some areas that were tonally uneven and he didn't care about Thanos' henchmen, but other than that, he was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, and I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, Thanos' henchmen... I wrote about Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive and the Black Door. I spent a lot of hours writing those characters, mm-hmm. and the movie basically treated them like minions. Yeah. Like, yeah. we didn't even get their names... No, we didn't. I mean, I, I only knew the one character's name because I had seen you tweeting about it and writing about Ebony Maul. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and again, maybe that's a, you know, a small criticism you can have for the movie. Um, maybe it falls back into Marvel doesn't really know how to handle their, their villains. Well, right. obviously, obviously Thanos is the villain, so they'd handle that <laughs> fine. But uh, yeah, yeah Marvel they, handled the hell out of him. Yeah, these guys were like the mini bosses on the way to the, the, the final showdown. So. Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm not going to take too much of it. We saw how devastating those guys can all be. I think in their own respects, and uh, you know, they're they're pretty good threats themselves. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, they were fun. Um, I it would have been nice if if their weapons or their abilities were stated in some way, even if it you know, was through passing conversation or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, we just sort of wound up with four people. And, and you know, Thanos, we didn't even... It's not even certain that they're his generals. Like, he didn't even say as much. The only thing he even said when they showed up was, oh, I take it the Maw's dead. You know, and they didn't even answer him. He just kind of knew. And it's just like, that's as far as he went. Like, he didn't care. <laughs> I mean... Right. <clears throat> so I can understand how if Thanos didn't give a damn about his dudes, then, then why should anybody in the audience? 
But as you said, and I think it's the most important point here, Thanos is the villain. Right. Those guys, I mean, they're villains, but they're, you know, they're the henchman with a gun that cracks his neck while you're standing there. You know, mm -hmm. like, that's who these people are. There's not a lot of depth to them because there doesn't need to be. No, but I think that's uh, exactly right. This is the Thanos story. And, um, you know, we've had Captain America stories. We've had Black Panther, Iron Man. This is Thanos' story. So uh, we finally got a chance to see that come to the big screen after 10 long, fun years. And, uh, yeah, we're we're not done yet. We still got more to come. So And then more movies after that. And, you know, this Marvel thing is going to be going God, I hope don't kill Thanos off. Yeah, I mean, you can still defeat him and, and not kill him. So, yeah. yeah, save him around. We'll see what happens in phase four. I, I need more Thanos. Like <laughs> well, we yeah. need, we, he. I, I love him because he'll actually help out the heroes too when it serves his purpose. And it's kind of great watching Thanos have to do good. You know, it's just. Watching him destroy in the name of good is kind of awesome. So, look, I jo hope don't kill him. Look, Josh, I could talk to you about this for quite some more time, but I'm um, running out of time. So I think that we should probably wrap things up right now. I think we covered a lot of ground, though. Absolutely, sir. Um, anyhow, I appreciate Kevin coming on here. And Kevin, why don't you tell him a little bit about yourself before we get out of here? Yeah, well, of course, if you don't know me already, uh, I do a lot of college football stuff. I uh, write for College Football Talk on NBCSports.com. Um, you can find me contributing on Athlon Sports like you do, Josh. Uh, I do more uh, Big Ten-related stuff when they ask for it. <laughs> I forget exactly what I've got going on right now. I've got some schedule analysis, I think, breakdowns of what we're going through right now. So, uh, so always uh, up for some college football talk. And, of course, you, you, you can talk about this stuff. For days, I think, just uh, uh, if you wanted to do that, too. So, uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter, at Kevin on CFB is the, the Twitter. I'm always there, ready to talk. And, um, yeah, it's always fun talking least, some, some of this stuff with you, too, man. It, it is, man. And I want to thank Kevin for joining us. You can find me on Twitter, at Fight on Twist. Um, you already know the drill with me, so I'm not going to waste anybody's time with that. But. I want to let you know real quickly here that we're going to be doing a rotating cast of, of guests and hosts on this uh, podcast coming up. I won't drop any names just yet, even though I have finalized with them. Just know that we are going to be doing, uh, doing some fun things here on this show, similar to what we're doing now. So that's it for today. Um, this is the end game for us. And we will be back in episode or uh, uh, Avengers four, and uh, that will be that, man. Thanks all for joining us here on Third and Nerd, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>